Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Give it up for all the college students. Man, I have to be honest with you. Like, I had to rush out of work. And, like, my wife was like, babe, why don't you shave, you know? You can look like you fit in. Like, I was, like, all scrubbing it out and stuff. And I was like, I don't care, man. I got three kids, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, but finally today, she's like, babe, you're going to be talking to a young crowd. You should shave. And I was like, all right, babe, I'll shave. So if you saw me a little busted in the video, it's all good. But it's funny, though, because, like, there was actually one girl. I don't think she came out in the video because we had much more uh, clips and footage. There was this one girl that she actually, like, believed in divorced. I don't know if you want to share because you're the one that interviewed her. She, well, I think, I don't know if she did come out, but she did say that her parents were divorced. So she was like, you know, since my parents were divorced and that's what I've lived, she was telling me that's what I believe in. You know, like if there's no love and um, if you don't feel like that connection with the, with the person, then it's okay to get a divorce. And I thought it was very sad. So, so. the thing is that like, you know, the world and what society and maybe what culture teaches you is like marriage maybe doesn't last forever, relationship is not forever, maybe divorce is normal. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, well, I come from a separated family. My family, my parents were separated. Maybe you never got to meet one of your parents. But we have to go back to what the Bible teaches us about relationships. What does the Bible have to say about marriages, about husband and wife, about having a healthy relationship? And the thing is that, you know, God desires for you to be in a relationship. Now, I know we have some young people and like, oh, man, I'm 14 years old. What are you talking about being in a relationship? <laughs> but different types of relationships. Maybe, you know, you're at that age where you're like, okay, I'm praying for someone. That guy will bring the right man or the right woman. Um, but for the young people, he desires for you guys to be in a healthy relationship, maybe with a best friend, a healthy relationship with your pastor, with your leader, a good relationship with your parents in your cell group. God desires for you to be in a relationship. And there's a verse which starts, Genesis. It's in chapter 2, verse 18. I don't know if you guys have the verse there, but I wanted to read it. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Tell the person next to you, it is not good that you be alone. Tell the other person next to you, hey, it's not good that you be alone. You know, it's funny because we start reading the book of Genesis and we start seeing when God begins to start creating the world and creating the universe. And the first day, God created the light. And it says that after he created the light, he said, let there be light. God said, it was good. That's what God said. Every time he created something each and every day, he would say, it was good. So every time I say something, you guys are going to like help me out here. God created the light and it was good. The second day, it says, God created the sky, and it was good. The third day, it says the Lord created the dry land, the seas, the plant, the trees, and God said it was good. 
wow, you guys catch on really good. Fourth day, it says that God created the sun, the moon, the stars, and God said it was the fifth day he created the fish, the whales, the birds, and God said, man, this is good. the sixth day, the animals, and then he created man and women. He created man in his own image, but it's the first time that we say God says it is not good for man to be alone. Why? He realized that the man needed some help. I mean, just out of, ex out of like my experience, I could tell you guys, like, sometimes there's things that I'm like, man, I thank God for my wife, that she's in my life. Because every time, like, I'm about to do something, she'll put me in check. Like, if you guys, <laughs> somebody's clapping a little too hard. <laughs> uh, like, someone's like, I know that's true. <laughs> Like, if you guys know me, some of you guys might know who I am and stuff. I'm a very, like, blunt person. I just sometimes, I'm like, speak what I think. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So every time we go out to places or every time, you know, we're at, 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 a, at a certain place, she'll be like, honey, before we get there, please make sure that you watch your words because sometimes you're embarrassing me and sometimes like I just want to punch you because you start talking and I'm like all right babe you know but she helps me out and just like example for today you know she I don't punch him <laughs> you make me look mean so she pulls my ears um but sometimes you know she put like she literally like god that's why god said like you know it's not good for man to be alone he needs to have a helper he needs to have someone that's compatible god desires for you to be in a relationship he desires for you maybe to be in a relationship with a good friend he desires for you to have a relationship with your leader with your pastor with your cell group members god desires for you to have a relationship in your emotional area it is not good for man to be alone. So God desires for you to be in a relationship. But I like the second part because it says, I will make him a helper. A relationship is made so that you can be able to help someone or that person will be able to help you. It's important that sometimes you have to ask yourself, how does this relationship, maybe at school with a friend, maybe in my emotional area, maybe you're sitting there and you are in a relationship, and you have to ask yourself, am I really getting help from this person, or am I helping this person? Are we helping each other out? Because the reason why God joins relationships, why God allows relationships to occur, is for a specific purpose. God allows you to be in a relationship, whether it's with a friend, whether it's emotionally, whether it's married, whether it's even business. God allows you... It, for you to be in that relationship so that you guys can be able to help each other out. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes, verse 4, 9 through 12. Maybe you've heard of the verse. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other out succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying to close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? How many of you guys get cold at night sleeping by yourself? I, I know how, now that we're in Florida, we got like these three days of cold weather. A purse. Why did you raise her hand? <laughs> <laughs> You're married. 
She's like, Kevin, what's going on? You're not keeping her warm. <laughs> a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Amen? When you're alone, you're, you're an easy attack for the enemy. When you're by yourself, when you're isolated, the enemy's like he's by himself. I know there's probably somebody in this group or in this crowd that's like, I'm going to do me. I don't care. I don't need nobody in my life. You know, but in reality, we do need friends. We do need good, healthy relationships in our lives where we can help each other grow. One of the things that allow me to remain in my walk with God, I've been part of the church for like 15, 16 years now. And one of the things is like your friends. When I came to God, I had a lot of friends that they didn't help me out in any way. They were just friends that would influence me to do negative things. But when I came to God, I remember, like, I was still struggling, you know, with my friends. Like, I, would, I became a Christian. I went to the encounter. You know, I completely had 180 degrees turn, uh, turn in my life. And I remember I would go back to my friends, and they would, like, light up, you know, a, uh, like a joint or a, a blunt, whatever. I don't, want, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> how do I say it proper? Um, and they would blow it in my face. and like, man, Willie, you don't miss this? And I would say, God, you got to do something in my life because I cannot continue to surround myself around these people. Like, I don't get anything from them. Not, they're not helping me in my walk with God. And I'll never forget one day I was running. I think I was trying to catch the bus or something. And as I was running, I lost my cell phone. My cell phone just fell out of my pocket. Back in the days, we didn't have, like, you know, iPhones. We had them old-school Nokias. Remember, like, they used to play snake on them? <laughs> I had that old-school Nokia. And it fell out of my pocket somehow when I was running. And all of the contacts to my friends were lost. And I realized that God allowed me to lose my cell phone so I could not have any contact. But as I began to start getting more involved in the church, God began to give me the right friends. Friends that will help me grow. Good relationships that will, whenever I was like maybe discouraged, I didn't want to read the word, I didn't want to pray, I didn't want to come to church. These friends would actually help me to grow. And that's what a relationship is made out of. God said, look, I will make someone that will help you, someone that will encourage you, someone that will motivate you. And you have to ask yourself, am I in a relationship that maybe that person's not really helping me? That person's not really edifying me. I'm not really growing with this person being next to me. How's my life going forward? Am I going forward? Am I helping this person out? Is this person helping me out? That's why God allows relationships to happen. And, it ha and it's the same with your emotional area. When you're, when you're emotionally involved with somebody, it's so that we can be able to help each other out. Like sometimes we have three kids, so sometimes at the house it could be a little bit intense. I'm like, all right, baby, I'll change your diapers, and you go get the bottle ready, and we, throw them in the, and we throw them in the crib, you know? And, like, we have, like, a time limit, okay? In three minutes, you ready? Da -da -da -da, change the diaper real quick, make a swish into the garbage can. She has the bottle ready. We throw the baby into the, in, the, in the crib, and we're good. We make a good team. We help each other out. Sometimes in the middle of the night, she'll be like, okay, it's your turn. She doesn't help me out sometimes in those situations. <laughs> and I have to go and get the baby, get him in this bottle. I'm just kidding. We tag team. We help each other out. But that's why God creates relationships. The second thing 
is that the type of relationships that God wants you to be in are relationships that you are compatible and that you are not unequally yoked. Um, but he wants you to be in relationships that are not uneven. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally uneven yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Unequally or uneven yoked, it came because back in the days, you know, they would put two ox to work together. And I kind of wanted to show an example. Where is um, Nando at? And John. Nando and John. Come over here, guys. Give it up for Nando and John. And this is what they were referring to in unequally or uneven yoked. Samu, give it up for Samu. <laughs> Sit down, Samu. So in the biblical times or back in the days, they didn't have tractors. They would, they would have two, like either ox or buffaloes or two animals that would do like all the, you guys are strong. We're using two strong men. They would go and do the work of the fields. So they would try to get two animals not calling you guys animals, but I'm just saying, they would use two, you know, that would be almost around the same. Wait, they're pretty close, you know, right? And they would work the field. So I want you, between the both of you guys, to lift Samu up. Come on, guys. Woo now go run around. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, put him down. You see, between the both of them, they were able to what? Lift up and, and do the work together. Because they're both strong. These men, you know, bench press, they lift weights. But why don't you stand up for a second? John, why don't you sit down? <laughs> now, what did, what, did, what did Paul say in regards to uneven or unequally yoked? He said, don't be with someone that has different beliefs than you don't be with someone that has different um you know like maybe different ideas than yours maybe spiritually don't be with someone that has is completely opposite of yours so now between the both of you guys i want you guys to lift up john come on samo you could do it it's it's impossible right okay you ready come on what oh it's impossible why because there is, it's uneven. They're unequally. Thank you, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. I appreciate it. Sometimes we can be in a relationship that it's uneven or it's unequal. And you're living your life. You're trying to accomplish your dreams, your goals. And it's like... You try, you're just doing it on yourself, just like Nando. He, it was impossible for him to do it, lift up John. And the Bible is telling us, do not affiliate yourself. Do not get with someone that is uneven, that is unequally. I was reading the book of Ezra in my devotional this week, and God gave specific instructions to the people of Israel. He's like, look, do not intermarry 
with any of the surrounding nations. Do not marry, you know, the people from the Hittites, the Jebusites. Do not marry any of the Ammonites. Stay far away from them because they will take you away from having me as number one in their lives, in your lives. And sometimes in our lives, we can be in a relationship that is uneven, that it is unequal. And you're trying to live for God. You want to get, you want to serve God with all your heart. Maybe you have a certain goal, a certain, you know, uh, dream that you want to accomplish. But the person that you're affiliated with, the person that you're in that relationship with, it's uneven. It's unequal. And eventually what happens? You don't accomplish those dreams. You don't accomplish those goals because there's uneven. There's, there, there, it's an unequal yoke. So today I want, you guys, I want to leave with you guys, think about the type of relationships that you're in. Is it, are they relationships that help you? Are, they, are you in a relationship that you can say we're compatible, we're equally yoked, we're, we have the same goals, the same purpose, we're working together, we're, you know, helping each other out? Or is it a relationship that maybe you're always dragging that person? Come on, man, you could do it. Let's go. No, that's not the type of relationship that God desires for you to be in. I'm going to turn it over to my beautiful wife. Thank you, honey. Well, the Bible speaks about a story of a man named Samson. How many of you guys have heard this story before? Well, for those of you guys that don't know the story, this is found in the book of Judges. And Samson was a Nazareth man. And his name means sun, it means light, it means someone of strength. But God had a great purpose for his life. Why don't you guys say with me, great purpose. purpose. Why don't you look at the person next to you and say, God has a great purpose for your life. And his purpose was to deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. It says that an angel of the Lord appeared to his mom before he was born and she gave her and he gave her specific instructions that he wasn't never to cut his hair his hair was to grow long and he would be the person that was going to deliver the israelites from the hands of the philistines but what happened one day there was temptation being a nazarite man he couldn't affiliate himself with the philistines that means he couldn't have a relationship with a woman. But since the devil knows the weakness of men, he knew his weakness. What did he do? He brought this beautiful woman that caught his eye. And I can just picture the life of this woman. You know, her name was Delilah. And do you know, if you guys want to know what Delilah means? It means to weaken. It means to give like to give lack of vitality and to be feeble so his name means strength and her name means weakness and why is it that sometimes as christians we tend to sometimes be attractive to what makes us weak this is exactly what happened in the life of samson he saw her i can just visualize how she is i don't know why when i think of delilah i think of a voluptuous woman with long orangey hair kind of like the woman from twilight like you know someone that looks like seductive i don't know why orange hair comes to my mind and i can just picture her walking by and then he looks at her and she catches his eye 
And the Bible says that he felt deeply in love with Delilah. And he knew that he wasn't supposed to be with her. You know, they, it was like they were not compatible. Because how, how can someone that has a specific purpose that God had given him, how can he be with someone that was weak? How can he be with someone that was seductive? So, you know, sometimes in our Christian walk, this happens. And we, like the ones that are older, we tend to find friendships or we want to seek love, you know, the right way. We're all in church. We want to do it the right way. But sometimes, you know, life happens and at times it doesn't always happen like this. And this is what happened to Samson. It's like he became addicted to those things that made him weak. And today I want to ask you, what are those things that you feel in your Christian walk is making you weak? Is it spending hours on social media instead of spending an hour in the presence of God? You know, is it watching TV shows that don't edify you? Maybe it's the music. Sometimes you think that music and lyrics don't influence your life, but I can tell you from experience, it sure does. You know, and I've met a lot of people, like especially lately that I've been talking to, that I've seen how an environment being unequally yoked or uneven with being surrounded with people that are not walking in the same Christian path can take you and pull you away from the purpose of God. And this is, what ha this is exactly what happened to him. Delilah was a temptation to his life, and it took away his purpose. And this is what Satan does. He tries to come to steal, kill, and destroy your life, your emotions, your purpose. And as you read the story, it's very sad because we see how sin takes him away from the purpose that God has given him. And maybe you might say, like, you know, you're in a situation, you're with friends, and maybe it starts with listening to the wrong advice. Maybe it starts with laughing at a joke that you, not, you know it's not right. But then the next time, they involve you in that conversation. And then the next time, they tell you more. And you expose your ears. And you expose your attention to these things. And this is exactly what happened to him. And you know, about three weeks ago, I told my husband, you know, it's February. I want to start to work out. How, how many of you guys work out? <laughs> Nobody? Okay. Go me. No, I'm just kidding. So, so um, I told my husband, we started going to the gym, and I was like, honey, rule number one, please don't post me. I don't want to be posted on social media. Do you guys have social media? All right, on Instagram. And I'm like, you know, I just want to go to the gym, get 30 minutes for now, three times a week. You know, I was very focused. And, but if you guys know my husband... He started filming me every time I was, like, lifting up five pounds, you know? Like, I'm like, honey, just wait until after we see results, you know? Wait until I lose a pant size or something, and then we can start telling people I've been working out. But no, Willie <laughs> decides to do it. But, you know, these past two weeks, I'm going to be honest with you guys, we started slacking. You know, we, might, we went to the gym maybe once or twice, but we also slacked in the things that we were eating because it was someone's birthday, and then we had Taco Tuesday again <laughs> this past week, you know? So, 
some family wanted to come over and they were like, hey, Taco Tuesday. I didn't answer at the moment because I knew I had to go to the gym, but I spoke to Willie, I was like, honey, do we go to the gym or do we do Taco Tuesday? What do you think Willie chose? No, No, we, I take full responsibility. We're like, no, let's spend time with the family. Let's do Taco Tuesday. So we did Taco Tuesday at my house. It was fun. We didn't even end up eating tacos, actually. We, (laughs) We did something else. But then all of a sudden we were sitting on the table and I don't know, I don't know if it was me or you and we all looked at each other. We're like, man, we could really eat something sweet right now. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds so good. Yeah. So, and then Willie tells my brother-in-law, hey, let's go to the store. So they go to Publix and guess what they bring back? They bring back cheesecake with ice cream. You know, it's like temptation written all over for me because right now I shouldn't be, I didn't, I shouldn't be eating those stuff. So when they get back, I'm like, fine, I'll have a little slice. So they cut me a little slice with one scoop of ice cream. The moment I tasted it, I was like, oh, it's so good. And then I was waiting for them to serve everyone. And I'm like, hey, do you think you could serve me another little slice? So and then I get another slice. Then I'm like, okay, guys, take the remainder of the cake. I cannot see this because it's temptation for me. I love cheesecake. If you know me, I love cheesecake. I don't care if it's from Publix, Walmart, anywhere. I love cheesecake. And the next day, there was like a quarter left, and guess what happened? I ate the cheesecake, y'all. I ate the cheesecake, you know, because why? Because it was temptation, and I saw it, and it was there. And that's exactly what Delilah was for Samson. She was a temptation for him. And even though they were not compatible, He fell into her temptation. And this is what it means to play with sin. It's like you get so into it that you don't know when to stop. And before you know it, it's like a big snowball that keeps going and growing and grows bigger and bigger. And you just can't stop. And in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 17, it says, I'll read it. It says, so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength will leave me, and I will become as weak as another man. So when he was with Delilah, she would, she would always ask him, what is it that makes you strong? Why? Because she also had a purpose. And it was to destroy his life. The Philistines had told her that, hey, we'll give you some money if you find out what is his weakness. So every day they would lay down and she'd be like, tell me, honey, tell me what is it that makes you strong? And he would lie to her. Every night he would lie to her. He's like, no, if you bind me with ropes, if you braid my long hair. Until one day she got it out of him. And she told him, he told her exactly what it was that would take away his strength. So the first thing that we see is that he lost his identity. And when he told her that, what happened in the story? It says that he fell asleep, the Philistines came in, and they cut his hair. And when he woke up, he lost his strength. And the Bible says that the Lord left his life. So we see that Back then, his hair, 
when it was like when a Nazarite had to have long hair, it represented his identity. It set him apart. His hair was like a consecration to the Lord and it set him apart. It was his identity. It was part of who he was. But what happened? He told her what was it that made him strong and she betrayed his love. So he lost all dignity. He lost all honor and the Lord left his life. And when you're with the wrong person, that's exactly what happens. The devil comes to steal your identity. And before I came to church, um, I was in a relationship in high school. I was in a relationship for a very, very long time with a guy. And when I was in high school, um, I guess I can say I was kind of popular not trying to sound like, you know, um, conceited or anything. But back then, I think I was popular. I used to know, a lot, I used to have a lot of friends, all types of friends, and I would hang out, and I knew like half of the school. I was a bubbly person. And then when I hooked up with this guy, he was more like quiet. He would like talk to you, but not really look at you. He was more like secretive. And I noticed that I started becoming like him. I started having less friends. I started acting like him. I became insecure like him. Because what happens? When you unite with someone, you become one. And you don't only become one physically, but you become one spiritually. And the Bible says, yeah, God created man and woman to become one. But sometimes you don't get married and we skip that step of marriage and what happens? We lay with that person, right? And what happens? We become one. And when I was with this person, we became one. And I lost identity of who I was because that's what the devil does. You know, he steals who you are to destroy your life, to destroy your future. And this is exactly what happened to Samson. He, st he started destroying his life. He took away his hair, his identity, something that marked him, that set him apart from everybody else. And those things that that person has become part of you. And remember what I said in the beginning that Delilah, Delilah meant what? Weak, right? It meant weak, right? And what does Samson Samson's name means, it means strength. So what happened to him? He became weak, just like her. And sometimes you might think like, hey, we're just telling you this because we're trying to tell you who you can and can't be with. But it's the truth. It's in the Bible. The Bible says it. If you don't choose the right person, you become like them. And their demons become your demons. And their struggles become your struggles. And something else that happened to him, which is in verse 21. It says, Then the Philistines sized him, gurged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him with bronze shackles. They set him to grinding grain in prison. The Philistines took out his eyeballs. They took out his eyeballs. I can't even imagine. Like, I put on context, and I'm always, like, so careful washing my hands and everything. Imagine someone taking out an eyeball. They took out his eyeball. And that's what the devil does. When he has a hold of your life and when you're with the wrong person, he takes away your vision, your vision and your purpose so that you don't have that clear vision that God had intended you to have. And when you're with someone that is unevenly yoked, 
It blinds who you are. And this is Satan's plan, is to steal your soul, is to steal your vision. And maybe some of you guys are like, you know, I've never been in a relationship. Or maybe some of you guys have. And sometimes you might say, like, you maybe don't have a clear vision of what God has for your future. Maybe because of what you've experienced at home. I've come from divorced parents. And when I was in a relationship with this guy, I lost hope. I didn't have a clear vision. I was like, you know what? I was already in church. I didn't listen when people were telling me, you know what, Caro? That guy is not for you. Because I came in with him, and we were together for like two years in church serving, you know, doing the ministry, having a cell group. And pastors would tell me, Caro, that guy is not for you. My friends would tell me, Caro, I don't see you with him. My mom would tell me, Caro, that guy is not for you. But I was blinded. I couldn't see. I couldn't see because Satan took control of my vision. And I couldn't let him go until one day I had to learn the hard way. And I had to let him go. There was infidelity. There was lies. There was insecurities. And finally, God removed the veil from my eyes. And I was able to let him go. And, you know, I had a different outcome than Samson because I believe that God is so merciful. And now I'm married to the best man that God can give me. <laughs> Amen. And, yes, it's... I'm, like, getting ministered. Like, damn. <laughs> I'm, like, that's so deep. But, but I think we have to just be real with you guys. Like, you know, the world, you got to be honest with you, man. Nowadays... I remember when I was growing up, like, there's so much corruption and immorality in the schools. And, I, and that was, what, 20 years ago when I graduated? So I can only imagine, like, what young people go through in their school now and what's exposed to them. So we, like, we just keep it real and genuine with you guys, man. We're not here to, like, sugarcoat things and say, hey, this is how it is, like, I told my wife, she was like, yo, tell her how it is, man. This, it's real out there, man. Pete, the enemy is trying to destroy your identity. The enemy is trying to take your vision of what purpose God has for your life. Amen. But, you know, the story of Samson ends. And even though he was able to kill a lot of Philistines with him, if you see, I just want to read one more verse. It says in verse 30, then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. So he was like, if you read some verses before, he said, God, he said, Lord, please let me regain my strength so that I can fulfill the purpose in which you called me to do. And God was so merciful that he said, fine, you can do it. But you know what? He regained his strength, but he never got his sight back. But I believe that this is the year of restitution, like our pastor has been saying. And maybe you haven't seen the right way of marriage at home or maybe from your friends or on TV. But today, God wants to tell you that there is hope for us that are walking with Christ and that there is hope to have the right marriage that God wants us to have. And maybe you've messed up. 
Maybe you might say, like, you know what? I've made a mistake. Like me, I made a mistake. He made a mistake in the past. We all have a past. Maybe some of us have a, a stronger past than others, but God is a God of restitution. God is a God of mercy, and I believe that he wants to give us a year where we're going to regain vision of what he wants to do in our lives, of the new friendships that he's building in this church. And not only that, but that he is going to create solid marriages in this church. Amen. Do you believe it? Thanks for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.